Welcome back to Coast to Coast Dynasty, episode number 20. We have made it to 20. I am Ruben Almada at Superflex DGen. And I am Justin Mercer at C2C Dynasty Merce. And we have a guest today, a special guest, uh, somebody that I'm very happy to have on, somebody that I um, has taught me a lot in this Dynasty space, and I've followed for quite a few years now and happy to be in his Patreon. Um, so we have with us charles chill ffb scott connor welcome what's up guys glad to be here i've listened to every episode because i'm a podcast junkie uh 3x if it's not on uh overcast i have to settle for 2x on itunes so uh i've listened to every show though so glad to be here good topics uh let's roll appreciate that we really appreciate that so um hopefully everybody's had a good christmas through the holidays ready for the new year and the grind is almost over of lineups. I know I'm kind of excited for that. And then in about five weeks, I'll be like, when is lineup setting season ready? Yep. Because we'll be done with the grind <laughs> of the offseason. So um, championship week, I sucked ass for semifinal week. And I was in eight semis and only advanced in one. And um, I went... Probably this is the first year that I probably jumped in as hard and pushed as hard as I have before in all, almost all the leagues to try to make it to the finals, and it didn't work in any of them. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I saw when I was doing all the trades this week, I was like, I'm used to doing them in reverse. Usually, you're the one selling to get picks here, you were buying a lot, and uh, yep. yeah, I, I could tell I, that that, it, that was it, the mode. It didn't work. I went up, I went up against Scott in midseason. To get to the finals, which is the league I really wanted to win because there's a lot of really good people in there. But uh, Scott had me beat. I don't think it mattered what I did. He had a really good team this week, this past week, and just smoked me. But, yeah, how did you guys do this last week? Well, I'll let Scott talk because he inspired me with one of the tweets that he put out about his uh, you know, fantasy success rate this year. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, kind of up and down for me, too. I mean, I can echo what Ruben said. I mean, I had... Of my 57 teams, 40 made the playoffs and 20 had first round buys. So I'm not saying that I'm unhappy with where I'm at, but if you take the number of teams that started the tournament and then you take the number that I have now, I, I kind of wish I would have had more. Um, I ended up with 40 that made the playoffs, 20 had buys. Of the 20 that had to play in the qualifying round, only eight made it to the semifinals. So I was 60% losses out of the first round. And some of those teams were what I thought were, were teams that had a chance to win it because maybe they were a five seed, but they had the second most points or something like that. And I'm getting players back. You know, I got some some Watsons back. I got some injured players back. Other teams that were ahead of me lost, you know, the Cooper Cups of the world too. So I'm kind of like, maybe I have a little bit of a better shot than what the standings say. Uh, but yeah, eight of those 20 advanced. So then last week I go into the semifinals with 28 teams left and I made 16 to the finals. So a little over 50, 50, which I guess I can't be too upset at that, but you know, you hold yourself to a higher standard where it's like, Hey, I expect, you know, a thir two thirds of my teams to get there instead of only about half. So 16 out of 28. So I have 16 championships this week. They're tight. They're tight. A couple of them are ones on big underdogs. A couple of them on big favorites. But I'd say at least half of them are neck and neck. You know, when you look at the MFL projections, it's like 53-47 or, you know, 54-46. I'm like, okay, these are coin flips. 
Um, I think Ruben's and I's last week was Ruben was a slight favorite going in, but if it's less than like 60%, I'm like anything can fucking happen. You know what I mean? So 16, yep. 16 in the finals. And um, nice. I got to say probably two of my best three teams going into the playoffs are out. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those where it's like, dude, this team's unstoppable. You know, number two or number one seed, the most points just stacked and it's, but you know what? Both of them were start 10. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting yeah. there going, dude, I have so the best experience. team. I yeah. have the best team. But then I look at, okay, I started a Mark Andrews over an Evan Ingram, you know, like that type of decision. And what can you do? What can you do yeah. in a start 10? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to hate start 10s. They're just getting to be, they're just too. Yeah. I'm just, well, you brought it up, Scott, in the uh, Patreon chat. And I agree with that. And, and like, I mean, I'm in my home league championship for only the second time and i've been the best team but it's start eight really because there's defense and kickers and it's like what do you do like you have to build depth so you're always making those lineup decisions and it's just so hard to like you want to get as many starters in so at least next year i'm getting rid of kickers and adding another flex so it'll be start nine but still it's it's just so hard in those type of leagues with a one week head-to-head matchup anything can happen so, but yeah, For I mean, sure. I, I had, uh, out of my 17 dynasty in one redraft, I had 12 of the 18 in the playoffs out of that. I had eight buys. So eight out of the 12 and then, uh, semis, I advanced, um, nine, um, of the 12 that were in playoffs and into the finals, I went six of nine. So I have six championship games. You know, it's it, it's like the good thing is like the four teams that uh, I did in Dynasty, I had, you know, five teams that didn't make it and I ended up getting four one one. So I did the right thing on the non non playoff teams. I tanked to the bottom. And so I'm looking forward to next year. I think I'll probably keep end up keeping all of my existing leagues. But, you know, I'm I'm at 17. I know you're much higher than that, Scott. And Ruben's, you know, what are you, 36 now, Ruben? 35. 35. Well, actually, 30, 32. I cut three this week. Okay. Yeah, but I think I'll probably – the most I ever want to do is get up to 20 because I had I had close to 30 last year, and it was just too much to trade. I like to trade. So. Well, and I think yeah. the one one thing to, to kind of expand on that is if you're going to play in shallower leagues, start, start, start 10, start 9, start 8, the only way to do it is with a volume approach. You can't just play in a couple start tens and be like, yeah, I built good teams and then I didn't win. And I'm frustrated because I had the best team. I had the most potential points. I had the most depth because really, I think we all know inherently if you're in a start nine or start 10, it still feels uncomfortable to pay that receiver and a first to go get a better receiver. But you know, in your mind, that's the right move to make. Now, you know, when you're making that move in week nine, it's a big gamble because you're losing all your leverage. You're giving away your first for I mean, I think but all three of us probably agree. I hate giving away a first-round pick for a non-obvious upgrade, right? Yeah. You hate giving up that two-for-one where you got to give up the, you know, you give up like a Jerry Judy and a first to get a slightly better receiver. Even though you know you want to, you, you want that 10% advantage come the playoffs. You want to have the best starting lineup, but I still struggle to make those moves. And I, I'll just go back to this. You mentioned FFPC earlier. Justin. So the guys that won the main event championship last year, the trio of guys, okay. They played for the first time. They played two teams, two teams. Wow. 
So what happens is basically a bunch of these leagues go off and then let's just call it a thousand leagues. Yeah, it's more than that. But let, however many leagues there are, the teams that either win their league or finish second go on to the qualifying round. So however many that is, let's say there's 5,000 leagues. Obviously, you're going to have a winner and a second place team from all of those leagues, right? So you're going to have X amount of teams that get in. Then you have teams that were regular season winners and second place teams that also get in. So there's a slightly different number of teams that get in every single year, but it's generally the same, it's the same criteria, okay? So these guys win it last year. This trio of guys, they win a million bucks. So what typically happens when guys win these big tournaments, what do they do the next year? Like us three team up, we do two teams. We win a million dollars. Obviously, we get, do more. We get, teams. obviously, we get fucking taxed out the ass. On yeah, we, they yeah. take 450 of it off the top. But right. we now have 550 grand-ish to split three ways. All three of us are competitive too. So we're probably going like, dude, we're the shit now. We just beat the best players in the world and we have $550,000 in our FFPC account. So all three of us are going to take out, you know, 50 grand or whatever, but then we're re-rolling it in how many more leagues, right? Oh, shit tons. So a lot of people will win big prizes like that. And the guy who won the football guys a couple years ago won 500,000. He re-rolled it the next year. But instead of like 15 leagues, he played 177 leagues or whatever. Now the dude won it again the next year. He won back to back, which is still, it's like winning two lotteries in a row, but you bought 10 tickets versus a thousand tickets. It's still hard to win it with either odds, right? Yeah. So the guys that won the million last year, they got the money. So instead of two leagues this year or last year, they, they entered two to win it. They enter seven this year. So they have the discipline to only play Jesus. five goals than they did. Yeah. Wow. Going, going into Sunday, they're in first place by 20 points. Wow. So they're, they're about to win it again. With and it's such astronomical a odds. It's yeah. astronomical odds. It's, That's I'd say to win it back to back, it's let, it's more than one in a million. Yeah. That's but, a huge and, ROI. And everyone assumes that, oh, well, they, they won last year. So they entered, you know, 150 teams. No, they only entered seven teams and they're going to win it again. I enter seven to 10 teams a year and I've never even come close. I guess so, you got to like, enter just two then. <laughs> but you know what, though? It's a start eight with a kicker and a defense. Yeah. So the, the people that go into the tournament, there's one guy that maxes out the tournament every single year. How and they're two grand a pop. He puts in, I believe it's uh 200 max. Every year he's putting in 200. So 200 times he's 400 K right there. He's spending to get into these, but he's only getting maybe 10 teams or so into the qualifying tournament. So he's spending a lot just for, you know, an expensive lottery ticket. Right. And I'm putting in seven to 10 teams a year and I've never even finished in the top like 20. And here's these dudes that win it with two teams. And now they're about to win it again with seven teams. I'm like, those are the guys we should be listening to. they're doing something right otherwise they've been the luckiest guys in the world two straight years and i just i don't buy that you do it back to back it's not luck no no it's not i mean luck is one time but doing it back to back is you got to be good i mean but sometimes you know they do say better sometimes it's better to be lucky than good but it, it yeah so so you talked about like oh you have a lot of like coin flip ones coming up in this this week so what do you, I mean, what's your theory on uh, 
pot splitting and or chopping the pot and that kind of shit. Because I am, somebody comes to me and they want to chop the pot. They get big feet. Nope, not happening. I will ride. I'm going to gamble. I don't care if I lose. I'm not going to sit here and chop a pot. Yeah, I mean, I, if you came to me, I might consider, hey, let's chop the pot. I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. I've chopped the pot with Eric a couple times before. But largely, yeah, if it's a random person, that nothing, I, I don't have anything against you, but if it's just a random person in the league that I know just from the league and they come to me and go, hey, you want to chop the pot? Or what I've seen a couple times this year has, hasn't even been chopping the pot. It's like instead of paying 600 to first and 200 for second, let's make it, you know, 500, 300, something like that. Like, like hedging. Make it, like hedging. Yeah, make it close together. And I'm like, that's listen, stupid in my opinion. Yeah, it's like, it, let's just let yeah. it ride. That's pretty much what I say. Because are doing that, and what what it was one of the leagues that you commissioned. They commented on there yesterday or something like that about that. Oh, we're gonna do this and this. I think it's game. Was it gamers? Was it gamers uh, or fanatics? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I, saw. I, I don't even pay attention until I have to actually pay out the money. Like, yeah, neither do I. But it's I, just like, sure, I'll accommodate you if you want to pay out a certain way. But I mean, you ask me personally if I want to chop the pot. If it's a, come on, if it's a difference between a hundred bucks, I'm not chopping the pot. So no, no big deal. I win, I win, I lose, I lose. And the, the two times I've been asked this year thus far, I look at the projections and I'm like a 65% favorite. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if that's why they're asking me to chop the pot, but I also would feel uncomfortable going to Justin and be like, dude, you want to chop the pot? And then I look at my team and he's favored to beat me by like 25 points. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't even want to look. It's kind of like we're both in the finals. Mm-hmm. Let's just play it out. Yeah, so now I'm t- typically against it. Cool. Yeah. Same here. Justin. Yeah, no, I, I, so I would, if I'm asked and it's someone that I know, I generally don't split it evenly. I would do like, at least give first a little bit more of a kicker. Um, but I mean, I've only done that a handful of times and that's usually in my redraft leagues, right. Where, you know, everybody in the league. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's yeah, really, different. I, I'm not splitting any this week, this year. I, I just figure I'd let it ride. You know, I, I'm, you know, I didn't look at the, uh, percentages, but you know, I'm favored by 10 or more points in every matchup, but one, I think out of the six. So we'll see. I'll probably only win half of them. <laughs> I, I had less. one. I had one league that I was really. It was a 2014 league. I was really trying to get to the final four because the final four is just like h- highest points this week for 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 the championship. And it was like 2,300 bucks for first place. Oh, nice! And I ended up not making it the final four because everybody just shit the bed. And I knew I was leaving this league anyways because it's just annoying. The commissioner's absolute trash. And um, I'm like, say I'm going to leave and I'm sitting there and there's before I even say I was going to leave, they're sitting there debating how much the pot, how much the payouts were on the championship week. Like throughout the whole season, there's been these things that they've been discussing what we're doing throughout the season. I'm like, why hasn't this been discussed like before the season started? So I'm like, okay, that's even more proof why I want to get the hell out of here. So that was like, okay, I, you guys haven't figured out what you want for payouts. I'm out by kind of deal. But um uh, yeah, so that, that, those kind of things, I was just like, ah. For, but anyways, um, so what are what are some of the th- main things that you're focusing on for um, 2023, Scott? Like, what are the projects or stuff that you're going to kind of look at for 2023? Because I know in 2022, you started, you guys started, or in that, was it 2022 you started tr- Trades in Five? Or was that um, 21? Yeah, 
Oh, like uh, October, November, 2021. I think October of 2021 okay. was our first show, but we really, we really revamped the show in 2022. In 2021, yeah. it was just a bunch of like kind of short videos on like it was actually five minutes, around yeah around five in, individual minutes. players, <laughs> and now it's just turned into basically a live streaming uh, show Great where show. that's the bulk of what we do. Yeah, it's I enjoy it when I can get on and 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 chat and watch and 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 participate in the chat. It's 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 a good time. So. So you did that. You started. You joined with Destination Devi to have the, be their flagship destination podcast, and you started America's Pod uh, Game with with Eric. I mean, so what else could you have coming for twenty twenty three on top of that, or what are you working for twenty twenty three? Well, so funny story with America's Game is actually Eric started America's Game, and he. Uh, he he wanted to kind of get himself out there in the podcasting space and you know ray had offered him an opportunity hey if you want to do a podcast like i'll give you the platform and um you know because he had done a lot of stuff on our he he needed to do something because he's really good at the stuff he does yeah yeah i mean he's he definitely cut his teeth doing stuff on my patreon channel like he's well spoken He, he has good information he has information that he's i think willing to do research on that not a lot of other people really have a passion for doing. So that's another thing is he has something that, you know, some of the stuff when he grinds through like the training camp notes and stuff, oh, yeah. like not, not a lot stuff. of people do that stuff. So like he brings some value because of the stuff that he enjoys talking about. And so he wanted to start a show and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll co-host with you. And it was I'll co-host with you. You just tell me when to show up and you do all the work, you get all the guests, you do all the show sheets, you come up with all the topics. And of course it's morphed into, you know, the, the weekly DM on Tuesday. Hey, what do you want to talk about on America's game this week? Got any <laughs> ideas? Got any guests you want to go get? And I'm like, so a lot of our shows are just ad hoc. Get on there. You know, we, we pre-plan for probably like you guys do, like let's pre-pan the night before we're going to record it. And maybe oh, if, you guys, if you guys are doing the night before you're ahead of us. Yeah, sometimes it's it's. What do you want to talk about this week? And then it'll be a quick response of, "Oh, this would be a good topic." But it isn't honed in until we're on the stream yard, ready to hit record, and then right. it's we're we're ready to go. But yeah, that, I, you know what? I like I, that. That's his baby. I don't know where he's going to take that. I'm always happy to co-host with him, but um, I don't it's put a good. whole lot of work into it in terms of prep. And then the other stuff, I'm going to be doing a new thing for DLF. That's a uh, begrudgingly it's going to be a written series but it's also going to include some you know some video and some podcasting um and then everything else is just going to be destination dynasty is going to continue we're going to do a lot more live streaming youtube live streaming on there and then uh trades in five is probably going to be morphing a little bit into more of a we're still going to do the trade shows we're still going to do the streaming it's probably going to morph even more into customized advice for people because that's nice. we've really behind the scenes. That's half of what we do with trades in five is those roster reviews. We're basically yeah, we're breaking have... down people's teams and stuff like that. And that that's really where our uh, our growth is going to come because there's such a demand out there for yeah. custom. Hey, I know you can talk about this on a show, or I know you can do a podcast on there, but like sit down with me and talk to me about strategy and teams you know like that there's a there's a huge niche market for that out there from people that uh well, you started with that in uh dcc when we were in dcc I you did. were doing some of those uh roster reviews and you did a, a few of mine and, and 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 i know when i was there we were there at dcc you didn't know who you were going to get your reviews for from at at times 
like who they were going to come from. But when I got a couple from you, you were one of the few that I could reach out and ask questions about what you wrote. Cause some, you know, sometimes when you get a report from somebody or something like that, you're like, okay, but what does that really mean? Right. So you want to get expanded. And I reached out to you a few times on that and asked, Hey, what do you mean here? Like, what, 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 what are you trying to suggest here and that kind of stuff? So that was huge for me. And that's kind of where my following of you started was there and then kind of moving forward. And then, and then even when you did uh start a DNC, you had the roster review tier. And I think I, I could be wrong, but I might've been one of the first ones to join that tier. Cause I wanted to have those roster reviews and really enjoyed that. And then where it even morphed to, you stop doing a podcast or an episode for each roster to once a month, we would just get on a zoom chat together and go over. It might be one team. It might be six teams at that time, just because we would spend an hour in hour to hour and a half kind of just doing that. And that's what I really enjoyed. And I think that's helped me a lot tremendously get better at what, at, at this game. So there's a huge niche for that. I think. Yeah. I mean, there was, you weren't the only one. There were a lot of people that I did those team reviews for that were like, you know what? Like I enjoy the team review podcast where I go through the, the scoring matrix and all that kind of stuff. But Hey, I, you know, they, I remember I, it wasn't you, but someone came to me and said, you know, how long does it take you to do one of these? Cause I'm giving you like a, you know, 45 minute podcast. And of course there's some background work that I have to look at your team. I have to put all the numbers in. So it was taking me, you know, an hour, an hour and a half to do those. They're like, why don't we just spend the hour on a zoom chat? Like, you know what I mean? Like you can still do some of the prep, but it's actually more beneficial to the user to be able to go back and forth and not just yes. me talking for 45 minutes. You get more information when I'm talking for 45 minutes, but I don't think you necessarily get the value in terms of like, let's be real. I never really thought about this when I started that, but once I did four or five reviews for somebody, guess what? If you had half a brain, you didn't need more reviews. Because you're probably like, okay, now I have a way to look at the team differently. I look at leagues differently. I can go start 10 more leagues and build teams differently than what I did before. I don't need somebody to look at every single team because I already have the framework now in my brain. So it's like the, you know, teach a man to fish versus actually give them the food in the first place. So right. uh, we'll, we'll see. But I think there's a ton of people out there, man, that are still, I get 10 DMs a day that's like, hey, man, listen to your roster construction series. What about this? And but, sometimes I get frustrated because the answers are, you said you listen to the roster construction series, but you're asking me a question that I literally covered with an example in the series, <laughs> but it's a learning process. You know what I mean? It's a, it's changing how you're looking at it to where if I answer right. this one question, you can go back to all five of your teams and you don't need to ask the same question about the other four. You can figure it out because of the the train of thought. You're coming at it from a different perspective. So Right. And I think I totally agree with that. But I also think that people are not like us and play in a bunch of leagues. They're playing in three, you know, a majority of the people that are listening to like Dynasty Trade Fighter are playing in two, three teams, right? Maybe, maybe a few more, but that's probably the average. So they're not willing to like just say, fuck it, I'm gonna try whatever on this team because I have another 34 that I can do something else with. And I'll just, if this works, then I'll do it on three or four more next time. And three or four more next time. That's kind of like how I kind of grew my thing is like, okay, I want to try different things, but I have these other leagues that I'm doing this in and it's been per decently successful in my opinion. So I want to keep those. So I'm going to add other ones and try different things with. It's kind of like the only reason I did those sleeper ones earlier this year is because I wanted to do something completely different. And 
was like, so I'm not going to do something different to the leagues I already have going. I'm just going to join new ones to do it kind of deal. And so I think that's where people come ask that question. They want that can, that reassurance and complete reassurance when, to do something on a league that when, they maybe only have one league. And they're like, shit, I don't know about, I mean, am I really going to go get rid of Jonathan Taylor for uh, for Tony Pollard and a first kind of deal? You know, that's like, oh, God, he's like the best running back there is. It, those kind of scared things, right? Now, those so are are those video reviews, Scott, that you do. You and Shane do those, right? Yeah, they're uh, they're basically YouTube recordings with the the Streamyard overlay, uh, and we basically record it. It's all they're all private. They're only for the users. Yeah, uh, we don't release them to the public, uh, only because we are, you know, giving information specifically to somebody that they have paid for. Yeah, uh, but also, we're sense. we're very informal on those too. Yeah. Like they're they're. They're recorded professionally, but they're also we get very candid with our opinions on people's teams. And, you know, a lot of times we get we get pretty animated, you know, because Shane and I don't we don't necessarily see things exactly the same in terms of how we would build a team. No. But part of that is what somebody is paying for that when yep. we get into a serious debate over, you know, the, hey, this isn't the right roster construction or, hey, this is what I would do with these draft picks like you get that debate. Mm. on the video so it, it is all private we've talked about putting them out to public but like no, don't don't keep them. and you know what you i wouldn't even if i loved somebody's opinion and somebody's um approach on breaking down dynasty teams i wouldn't want to watch someone else's roster over and over and over and over and over it, you know it, it hey, gets a little stale if you guys were at a point where you needed more people to sign up for it I could see you guys doing a roster review of like one of your own teams or something like that, or of each other's teams or of Clay's teams to kind of show an example of what you guys do to kind of like get people enticed or somebody that would volunteer to let your, let theirs be out there be like, Hey, this is what the roster review is like, right? This is what you get kind of deal. But from talking to you, Shane and, and Clay, that, that, that uh, pipeline is pretty full. Yeah, so it's not something list you is guys, long. List is it's long. It's not something you need need a lot more. But maybe in the future, if you do, you can release one here and there to be like, hey, this is what they look like. If you're interested, sign up here, kind of deal. Versus, because it's got to be different than the actual trades and five stream, right? Yeah, we did, we did do a roster review on one of Clay's teams, but it didn't look like a roster review we did for the public. So it turned more into like really what it should be is. Clay comes on, introduces his team, and then we just tune Clay out, and Shane and I do the review. Yeah, he should but leave. It ended up being, you know, Clay kind of guided us through all the stuff with the league, and we just kind of talked about the team. It truly wasn't a – we couldn't say, watch this, and this is what you will get. You know what I mean? It wasn't the same thing. So <laughs> I, I, I give think you a team to, bat, to, to, to destroy and, and use as, as an example if you want. I don't really give yeah. a shit. You, you know me. I don't care. Like, well, it's it's hilarious how many reviews we've gotten where either Shane or I are in the league. No, oh God, that's got to be. And good. so it's like, okay, yeah, we've gotten I think three or four teams from the HQ leagues, and so Shane's in them. So Shane, I'm you know I in those are they're kind of cool because I turn to Shane, and I go Shane, like I can do the breakdown because you're in the league, but you can fill that context as to what the league is actually like. You know, yeah, that's kind of cool though. It is, and, and I think that's part of why the person in the league, I mean, why they know they're submitting the, the roster review to Shane. He's right. in the league. So clearly he's he's going to be like a little biased if it comes to, hey, I can go trade with Shane. You know what I mean? But it's, uh, I think ultimately that type of, uh, 
that type of advice in the content creation space is where there is a lot of room for growth. For it sure. just comes down to, I only Time. have so many hours in the day and yeah. Can you, can you charge enough to make it worth your time spending hours and hours a day in the middle of your day, you know, kind of working around each other's schedules and stuff to do this, you know, is that worth your time? So that's something that we've kind of battled back and forth with. That's honestly why I stopped doing the team reviews on the Patreon. I, I, I didn't want to charge more money, but at the same time, I'm sitting here going like, man, I'm getting, you know, $30 <laughs> a month for these and it's taking me three yeah. or four hours to produce one show it's it, it, it's just hour, not really worth it <laughs> yeah no it's it's i mean that's what it comes down to everything and you know as i've gotten older and in just outside of dynasty just in life and everything everything is about time and money right like, scaling it you, too if, if you're going to do right. something can you scale it to where it's worth it doesn't you know i i would love there's things i could probably scale to make a lot of money but do I really have 80 hours a week to commit to it? Right. Yeah, you know, cause sure. I, I'm only one person. Now, if I could come up with a hundred of these and have like a, a company that does it, that'd be awesome. But it, you know, it doesn't, not all ideas work that way. So. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I like trades in five a lot What I love to get on there and I like to ask questions that are kind of revolved, kind of revolved around the leagues that we're, we're in usually revolves around questions that Shane is in kind of deal. Cause, um, and, I'll ask a question, then I'll send them the offer and kind of just for fun. It's fun. You got it's a fun, it's a fun stream. I enjoy it when I can get on. Um, but you know, that's what are um what are some of the biggest things that you've learned from the 2022 season? From I mean, we've talked about running backs and wide receivers and the tight ends. I mean, it, it, they we talk about wanting the top ones, but I mean, is that top tier even smaller than it was a year ago? Or is the elite quarterback um, program that we've been running to to elite quarterbacks in a startup even more important now than it was a year ago? Um, what are some of the biggest like takeaways, two or three takeaways that you might have taken from this season so far? Yeah, I mean, the elite quarterbacks, I think, has stayed sticky for a couple years now, and I don't think that's going to change. I think the current landscape in the NFL is set up a certain way where the top six, eight guys at the top, they're not going anywhere. They may have a year where they fall back a little bit. They may have a year where they get injured, but like, I think we can pretty much take the top 10 quarterbacks or so in dynasty. And I feel very competent. If you just build teams around those 10, they're going to remain in contention for the next, you know, four or five years. Now one might fall out. It's hard to predict which one's going to jump into that range. It's really hard to go from rookie to top 10 dynasty quarterback. We've seen a lot of guys, get starting jobs, but they don't quite elevate to that level. Uh, but I think that advantage is sticky. I think the biggest challenge with that advantage is it's now really hard to do. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to go into the 2023 off season and go, Hey, I'm going to trade up and get two elite quarterbacks. Cause you know what? A lot of people are onto that now to the point where most of us three weren't probably making that trade, but I think the trades we were able to make last year where you give up the the second and third round startup pick and you get the first and the 10th back. I don't know if those deals exist anymore. A lot of people are going to go, I'm just not going to make that trade. Cause I, I saw one in the DNC chat, like yesterday or the day before somebody did, and they traded, it was like second, third and fourth for like first, 10th and 11th or something like that to get the one one And they had there, the one three. There you go. I mean, if you can do that, it's still the advantage to do that. It, 
If you can't, though, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from this year, aside from the quarterbacks, is all else, I think there's a lot more variance that goes into everything else other than the elite quarterbacks than we give credit for. There's some other spots where I think you can kind of predict easier from year to year. But, I mean, look at how much has impacted just the, the playoffs in leagues over the last couple of weeks, things that we weren't even thinking about, you know, like, Hey, I don't want to have these types of players in the cold weather in December, because even if a guy can play in the cold weather, as soon as you go from decent conditions to bad conditions, it totally changes the scope of sit starts in that week. Now I don't want to trade players away that play in, you know, bad cities. Cause then you're basically probably taking a lot of good players and going, well, let me well, tear down. Like- Almost all the te- like over half the teams in the league, right? Because they're and, all in the majority and you don't know who's going to be playing. East. What NFC team that plays in a dome is going to be playing in Cleveland during Week 16? You don't you don't know that. But little things like that, uh, injuries that happen in Week 11 or Week 12, and it's a high ankle sprain, and you're going, this guy could have been the best player all year. He gets a high ankle sprain in Week 12, and now all of a sudden his value is. I'm not sure if he's going to be back for the playoffs. Like little things like that that we don't even appreciate, and it just makes me more and more aggressive in diversifying, playing more leagues, understanding that I think the focus that we can control most for is roster construction and team building. And just let the chips fall where they may. You you can't get pissed when you have one of these teams that was rolling and a couple bad breaks, a couple bad weather games, and you're out. But yep. you didn't do anything wrong. You, you know, you didn't build your team wrong. You don't need to overreact and go, well, you know, I shouldn't have bought into that player. I shouldn't have bought into that type of quarterback. It's like, it, just chalk it up to variance. And I don't think we res- – I didn't respect that even a couple years ago in Dynasty. And now, I mean, I respect variance almost more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Last, I mean, it's part of uh, why I put – I, we were going to leave you open for the roast later on, but one of the things that I, I had put in there is just like this year is you're going to have a lot of teams that probably didn't deserve to win the championship win it because of that variance last week in the semis. I, you know, maybe it'll be less this week so far. The weather doesn't look like it's going to impact as many of the, the games as it did last week. But last week was like, I was going into those games like nervous as hell because I did not know what to expect from your studs. And then you had guys like Devon and Hopkins. And like, I mean, I, I saw this one uh, tweet. Someone put like this stud team against these scrubs. And it was like, you know, they scored 57. The scrub scored 250. You know, it's like you, you go into a lot. I mean, uh, Herbert didn't even throw a touchdown last week. You I know. know. Those kind of thing. It was just like, it was, it was just, I am actually glad I didn't want, it was during Christmas and I watched like z- almost zero football. Because I would have been so, and that the Niners won, and so I would have been so freaking pissed watching everything because it was just like, I would have been watching my scores and be like, what the? Because like, I mean, I went into, um, like in mid season where the three of us are at, me and Scott are going, and I went into the last like, Monday or the last game or whatever, and I'm already or before the last game, just like I didn't have a chance. Like I had a couple guys left, and he and I had a good team. I thought I had a really good team. And I mean, I lost Lamar too, right? It's through, through, so that didn't help. And but it is what it, like you said, it's a, it, the, the variance is all you can do is try to build your team the best you can, and then go from there. But I do think that what's been the funnest, one of the funnest parts in the last few weeks, is all these leagues without trade deadlines have made it so much fun 
to just like make moves and to push like I like I pushed in in more leagues like I said at the beginning of this I pushed in more leagues than I ever have and I don't regret pushing in at all like I don't because it was part of the fun the reason we do this is for fun I didn't push in any I didn't push I pushed into one league really that I'm leave that I left but I didn't 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 cost me anything so it was just like okay whatever so I was gonna leave anyways big deal so but yeah I think it's been so much fun so much so much um enjoyment out of that even without getting as far as I would have for to win but I've got you know so I've got seven gate seven teams playing for third place so hopefully they all win third yeah well the one thing I wanted Scott to talk about and you've been preaching it for years now ever since I joined um Dynasty and Chill um you know Patreon is like the the elite or elite running backs you do not want to have certainly not more than two and generally one but I think that that became even more like you know a, a winning strategy this year because look at all the injuries I mean you didn't need those elite guys because Jarek McKinnon's out there winning championships for people but I just think you know I want you to talk kind of to your strategy that you had uh you you're always trying to liquidate those top end especially once they get into like the top five dynasty rb uh you know like values well, I mean, a lot of a lot of what I preach comes off of just looking at the data, usually in the offseason, looking at data going backwards and saying, OK, here's what was optimal from just a zoomed out perspective. Right. So you can literally go through and guide yourself on how to build a team just based on historically what has happened, where it gets a little trickier as you get into a league especially if you already have a team that exists and you go, okay, you're telling me this is what's optimal. I have a team that's completely upside down from that. How do I fix it? And I think that's the problem a lot of people have is they go, well, I've already built this way. I kind of can see where it wasn't the right way to build, but I'm already here. So how does it make sense to start building backwards without just gutting my team and starting over? Because a lot of us don't want to do that. A lot of us don't want to say, hey, I have a team that's out of construction all over the map. I made some really rally bad picks in the startup, some bad trades over the years, but I don't want to just trade everything away and start over. Because I also agree that's really hard to do. It's really hard to take a team and strip it down to nothing and then build it back up with the right construction, especially if you're looking for elite quarterbacks, elite tight ends. Like Those are hard to just go get. Because a lot of times, what do we talk about? The app, the acquisition of those players alone, just the access of them being available is hard to find. It's not even a price you're willing to pay. It's just, okay, I've traded away everything on my roster. I'm ready to start building for 2024. I need to go to get two elite quarterbacks. If you're in a league with us, there's none available. You can't yeah. pay enough. You don't have enough on a gutted team. I, you can offer me six first rounders. I'm not probably giving you Patrick Mahomes, especially not if it's me that's already built a certain way. Yeah. Just, there isn't a trade to be made. So how, I get to a lot of this stuff just based on pure math, but then you get into the season and you go, and I think this is what's going to happen. You mentioned about a lot of teams that didn't deserve to win the championship this year that are going to win. I've already heard people talking about it. Uh, I'm looking at my team and it's like, wow, I, there's a team in the finals that just won and they had Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. And guess what? Their two best players were Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley. 
And they're going to look at teams like that and go, that's all you need. That's how I'm going to build a team. I'm going to go scrubs at quarterback and let me go with a bunch of elite running backs. And hopefully I hit on the ones that have the 20 plus point per game seasons. But those are outliers. Yeah. Like, like we know that can work. Here's the problem. The clock has reset and it's February. Do you really want to go try to bet that you're going to be able to pick who next year's Daniel Jones and Jared Goff? And are you going to be able to hit on the right pair? Not just one of them. You got to have them both together. So you're going to have a lot of people this year that are going to go, okay, I won a title last year with Jared Goff and Geno Smith. I'd like to get a quarterback, but if I have Jared Goff and Geno Smith, are you able to offer those guys with anything to go get Patrick Mahomes? No. Justin Herbert? No, they, they, no. they don't even count in the trade. It, it, you can ask. You're not going to get any deals done. So you're now kind of forced continue can continue to play that way. You're like, well, I just got to run it back with Daniel Jones and Jared Goff and hope I can win again and again and again until you can hit on one of those quarterbacks. So I, I think it's important to look at the offseason, and I'm going to have to rerun all of my numbers and everything and adjust for what happened this year. But I'll bet you it looks exactly like what you said, Justin. It's if I can hit on one elite running back and they can manage to stay healthy for 80% of the year, especially during the key times down the stretch, and I have an elite quarterback, and then maybe I hit on one or two other quarterbacks that can propel me to at least top 15-ish production. That's the foundation of what wins. It's been that way for five years. I don't think it's going to change going forward. It's just, it's going to be a lot harder to do because a lot more people are building that way. So what's the pivot? That's going to be the next step of my evolution is, dude, I it's not an advantage for me to go play in a league with you two. <laughs> Yeah, it, it isn't. Yeah, no, DDO four, baby. We we need to. Yes, the frustrating league of probably all of us. But yeah, no, I, I agree, and I I think the part of what Ruben and I do is like we bring what we learn from you. We bring what we learn from Shane, and you know we both listen to a lot of podcasts, and then we kind of say, here's how we apply it across all of our leagues, and you know a lot of our focus is on trades and how to what you should be targeting to try and do right that's why we go over our trades and why we spend so much time on it is because it's it's like actionable hey this worked in our league maybe it'll work in your league and our leagues are here yeah those trades and but i i agree like i think your foundational roster construction i think this year's draft the 2023 highly touted draft with the quarterbacks and the one you know one other thing i wanted you were bringing it up in the chat Yesterday, I think the 102 to 105 in this draft, right? That those picks, you know, I don't think people are necessarily looking at them correctly because I, I, I agree. I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, 102, I'm going to take Gibbs or, or, you know, maybe I'll take because Stroud and, and Bryce Young have now have warts, right? We're getting to that wart season where they were highly touted and now, well, they're not optimal. You should probably just go with a safer pick. But yeah, I wanted you to bring up the the quarterback aspect that you were talking about in the chat, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of information on what the class is going to look like, right? We still don't even have a full list of who's all going to be in the class. We have no data on the players other than, you know, their college production data. So there's a lot that can still change. But my point was, and maybe I didn't articulate it correctly in the chat, but if I had to draft tomorrow and I had the 102 through the 105, And I knew what we know today. And I also know what the current dynasty landscape is going to look like in a month with what we just talked about, that it's impossible to get quarterbacks out inside the top 10-ish. 
And then after that, it's just a free for all of it. It's a chicken. You're playing chicken against who's going to draft the highest one, right? Yep. Who's going to take Kirk Cousins in the third round of the startup? All of us know that's probably a stupid ass pick. But by default, somebody is going to take the 12th quarterback off the board in the startup. And it's going to be one where you're going to go, oh, I don't really feel too confident about that. So just knowing that, it's it's literally the it's just like basic game theory principle of like okay, Will Levis has a five percent chance of becoming Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's worth a hundred dollars, right? So if if he if I just take the five percent chance of getting a hundred dollar asset, it's worth five dollars, right? Now, yep. what is the equivalent of like Jerry Judy worth in a trade if you're trying to go get Josh Allen? Is he is he does he move the needle at all? And, yeah. and that's probably like kind of the average of the equivalent if you draft a receiver that went in the mid-first round. Now, you could end up with Jalen Waddell or Drake London or Chris Olave. I think that's what everybody thinks they're getting. But just if you kind of average it out and say, okay, what's the best case scenario or what's the, the actual value of this receiver that I'm drafting at the 103, that's the wide receiver one or two of the class, just feels like this is the time with the current landscape to take the shot on the quarterback, especially if the quarterbacks are all going to get, you know, right now the quarterbacks all are trending to get like top 10 draft capital, like four quarterbacks in the top 10, top 12. If that happens, I think this is the time to take the shot. You're wasting one rookie pick. If you miss on Anthony Richardson and he's terrible, big deal. You wasted the one Oh four. You probably right. can still trade him too, right? You know, and, you, you get something. You can get a that, second or Ruben, something. Ruben, that's the be- that's the best point you've made is that just because he doesn't look like he's going to become Lamar Jackson after half a season, there is still a runway to get out at even seventy percent of what you paid. Dude, yeah. I, I took I, and I've talked about this more times than I care, but I took Malik Willis at one hundred and one in a league because it was draft. It was day, the day of the draft, right? It was a two QB league, two QB league. So that bit me in the ass, right? I mean, because I could have taken, I, I took, I did take Brees at 102. I had both picks. I could have taken Brees and um, Kenneth Walker or, or whatever. But I've since traded Malik Willis. Me and you, Scott, we took Malik Willis to in in a league and actually traded him to Justin. Yeah, to me, because so, uh, um, I had I had Tannehill and yeah, Tannehill so, was in question, and I'm like, I. Just so need I mean, him. just because you take a guy, and I think that's one thing that some of us have have an advantage over is. Um, that play in a lot of leagues is we don't get emotionally attached to any of these things. Like I don't give a shit what the name on the back of the Jersey is. I don't, I, I don't care. Like people try to, like I had a guy try to sell me Debo knowing I'm a 49er. He's like, well, you're not interested. I go, yeah, so I don't care. I mean, just that's a different, that's a different game. Right. So it's, I don't get attached. I mean, I, I don't even remember what I sold Malik Willis for in that league, but I just got out. I don't care. I got anything. I get a, maybe I got a third that I could use to buy a spot start on a running back this year. And I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go look. But. Well, and we don't, we don't measure the values of these players when they get picked accurately. Let's take an example of a guy like Rashad Bateman, right? You probably spent a late first, early second in 2021 on Rashad Bateman. It's your fault if it's year three and you still have him on your roster and you're complaining that he hasn't hit because you can probably still get early second for Rashad Bateman in a league right now. Now, if you hold on to him another year and he doesn't do anything and his value goes through the floor, 
Sure, you're going to say, oh, we, that was a bad pick. You whiffed on Rashad Bateman. But really what you whiffed on was the two-year yeah. window where you could have gotten out for 70 to 80% because yep. someone still believed in him. So yep. to that regard, it's really hard to have a first-round pick that you absolutely tank and get nothing out of. It's possible. There are players where you know, you, you miss. The community Zach. hates the player. There's no buyback. Yeah, there's no cash out. You missed your window. Three games, he sucks, and no one will ever give you anything for it. That does happen. But for the most part, a lot of these players, if you think they're trending downward and you think, man, this guy's looking like a face planner, he's not going to be good. I don't believe in him. I don't like what I'm seeing. You can still get a mid second, late second for Sky Moore, early third. Now, you may go, I'm not trading him for an early third. Don't complain in a year when he's worth nothing because you right. still had something on yep. the table that was worth 50% of what you drafted him at. You didn't take it though. So it's really hard to miss on, especially early first players that have big name values. It's really hard to miss on those. Where you miss is what Ruben said. You're attached. Yep. You can't stomach the fact that you drafted Anthony Richardson at the 103 and he doesn't look like a first round quarterback you can't admit the fact that, hey, maybe this isn't looking good. Maybe I should cash out for that 2025 first because you're going, oh, that's not enough. And then two years later, you're complaining that he busted. And it's like, dude, you're the one that wouldn't sell him at half off when someone else was willing to buy low. Yeah. Yeah. It, no. you, you have to, you have to be just willing to like, like one of my biggest pet peeves is when you ask a guy, you're like trying to do an, you send an offer or you're asking about a player and it's like, they're not available. I'm like, that is the biggest pet peeve because I have 35 leagues, however many players that is, every single one of them is available at every single point in time. You might not like the cost that is right. That's just the thing. So then you think it's unavailable. So you should always be, have everybody available, no matter if it's Patrick Mahomes or Malik Willis, right? It doesn't matter. They should always be available because then that's where you run in. Oh, I, I'm not going to sell them. And then they fall off a cliff and you're, hold, you're left holding the back. There's certain players. It's okay to, to hold them until they die on your roster. Travis Kelsey's one probably, right? Mahomes will probably, would be one that you could, but why would you just try to get, get the value you can when you can, if you, you know, if you start to see a decline or something like that. But anyways, that's probably that's a really good conversation there. I really, you know, that's kind of like just being able to admit you're wrong and get out as early as you can. I went to look at that trade I did with Malik Willis. So I gave up Malik Willis. This is a two quarterback, two tight end. I gave up Malik Willis, Brees Hall, and Mike Williams, and it's PPC. I got Barkley, Kenyon Drake, and DeAndre Carter in that. And I, uh, I needed another running back in there. So. I made it to the semis in that league. So of course, I, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's such a good foundational conversation just about, you know, the structure of your team, the players and, and getting out on the value of these draft picks. If they don't hit that, you have that window. Like you, you mentioned, I, I mean, I think we all have had an experience where the guy was loved by the industry, rose up the boards. We, we picked them whether it was at the spot or not. And, you know, then they're, they weren't what we touted them to be. And that's when they have the name cachet. That's when you got to get out. That's when yep. you got to get out. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that that, that is uh, one thing I, I like about what, what you talk and preach uh, Scott is just, you know, the structure and just 
it's a, it's a liquid asset. You you got it ebbs and flows in value, and you gotta hit the high points and and you know maximize the value where you can. Um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of my trades are are based off of what you know that you know what you've spoke of on your podcasts, and I just think volume. I think for me, volume trading is what is exciting and, and it's just you're trying to maximize the uh what what player could go up in value what player is at a high value that it you know either is only going to go down or maybe plateau for a while and i think that's what makes dynasty fun i i totally agree i think we've done a lot of that with the running backs that get hurt right scott i mean we've done this they get hurt we're like out right away because like jk dobbins is the one right we got we got out people thought we were kind of crazy you could still buy in for cheaper than what we sold them for when he first got hurt, right? I mean, yeah, he's not worth a first today. Uh, no, but. and and I think the the other thing to kind of consider is that that the 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 average dynasty player is actually leaned into this strategy if you're playing this way already because everyone is very reactionary now. So it's there is like yeah, everyone's already reactionary. So if you can be active enough to play that way. I think people will kind of walk right in. Not, I don't want to say they walk right into your traps, but there's more availability now to make these kind of moves. You know, there, there is a presence from a lot of dynasty people on social media, on Instagram, on TikTok. like there's dynasty content everywhere. And that doesn't mean everybody in your league is tapped into it, but I think the average dynasty player, even if you sign up for, you know, last year, Ruben, we were getting into random sleeper leagues just to find people different to play with, but there's still people on there. They're getting dynasty content somewhere. Now doesn't mean you're going to be able to find trades with them. Doesn't mean you might be able to get, you know, get one over on them. But I think when you go and you're like, okay, I don't really think sky Moore is it right. He hasn't done enough this year. I want to get out. The problem is a lot of people don't accept that they can get out, that, that they should really be trying to get out about half what they paid. They want more, you know? Yeah. So now if, if you're saying, I want 90% of what I paid, you've now alienated all 11 people in your league. If you say, hey, I'm willing to pay, I'm willing to take half of what I paid. Yep. Give me something. There's probably a couple people in your league that go, you know what? I was listening to that show or something rings a bell to them to go, hey, let's buy low because of his profile, because of this, because of that. And that's where you find deals. So you, you you have to kind of play that way. Otherwise, you're going to alienate yourself from a lot of the activity in your league. I mean, have you guys run into people in your leagues and they're they're the old school players where they're they like dig their heels in and they don't do much? I see oh, yeah. that player oh, yeah. kind of falling behind a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. They stick to their priors too long, so they're constantly behind everybody else. So you kind of got to adapt how you're playing. But what they're we're talking about leans six. into how everyone else is playing now. I think. Yep, I agree. I very much will agree. Well, I think let's um we're getting close to an hour, which of course go it will probably end up over an hour because Scott's on and, and we always we enjoy Scott, but everything with Scott always goes long, and that's a good part. I mean our, our uh monthly chats are great great too. The Zoom chats are awesome, but let's let's move into some trade talk here. Like I said earlier, a lot of these trades were done before last week, but kind of go over them a little bit. Um, so this first one, usually the way it goes, is my, my trades are first and then Justin's kind of finished finish about, we kind of talk about them a little bit. So the first trade is, uh, in the goat dynasty league. So this is a, I was in the semis, um, trying to go for the ship and I lost, uh, Kyler. I lost, uh, Tannehill and I lost, uh, Hertz for quarterbacks. So I had, I literally had nothing for the semifinals. So I ended up trading a second for, uh, Minshew and a third. 
And then I went and while I was in the process, of, I had that deal in my inbox and I was waiting. I was trying to get another one. So I then I traded Kyler in a 24 first for Law and a T-Law in a 24 second. Did both those at the same time to, to have quarterbacks for the week to try to at least because I still had I think I still had a team that can compete kind of deal, but I needed to have the quarterbacks. So and I'm out on Kyler. I, I'm just done. I'm getting out. If I can get out for that, I'm, I'll get out. I don't care. Like I, those are guys. You know, I'm, I'm very like if I I'll, I'll take the L on on guys. I don't care. People, I mean, when's Kyler going to be a top eight quarterback again? Twenty twenty four. I had this big debate with Nelly on on Twitter about it, but I just I don't see it till twenty twenty four at the earliest. So PPC league too. I yeah. Mean, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of these, like I said, uh, a lot of these were opposite of what you usually do because you were you were making the, the push to compete, and I hope that I got them all right. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I can, I completely understand what you're trying to do. I bought Minshew in a place to start him last week, and he turned out to do pretty well. So I don't. Think yeah, I had a deal, a similar deal in place with Scott Scott A for same thing, but basically it was Purdy instead of Minshew, and I took I took. Minshew. Um, next league is the draft day league. Scott knows about this league. Uh, I gave up Fryermuth and a 24 first to get Diggs and commit. Oh, 24 first and second to get Diggs and commit. I also have Josh Allen in that league. So I was like, yeah, it's too tight yeah. in that league. It's too tight in that league. So I needed to get a tight end back. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, didn't work. None of these freaking yeah. work. None of these the, fucking Diggs worked. Diggs is another one that just, to- I mean, he didn't have a single digit week all year until the last two weeks. And yeah. he just completely, I mean, it, it screwed me over in the Scott fishbowl. Cause I, I had him and him and Josh Allen, they were smashing until the last two weeks. But uh, I mean, listen, you guys have kids, right? Yeah. Have you ever taken a trip to Disney world or Disneyland or something like just that? Did the first one in October. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's not just that, but it's, if you go to any sort of tourist trap, you go to Daytona beach or something like that. Guess what? When you go down on the beach and you're paying for a drink or you're paying for a t-shirt or something, what are you paying? More. A lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is what trades in the semifinals and finals are. Yeah. That's why you Taxes. accumulate these extra picks so you can kind of go, you know what? YOLO. People yep. DM me all the time. Hey, is it too much to give up this for that, for this, for that? You know, I need to start this guy in the finals. And I'm just like, no, no. Uh, so it, they, they, there's not, you can't overpay because I can't tell you, I can tell you, Ruben, that's a bad process dynasty trade, but you know what? If you, if you tell me, Hey, there's this pot and I'm trying to win back-to-back championships. I I can't put a dollar on value for that. You know that. Right. And that's kind of where I hadn't really thought about this. I don't know why forever. I knew I wanted to win because I get more, blah, blah, blah. But I never, and I think it was on, I don't know who's, I think it was on either America's game or, or something. I, or the recap pod. I don't know whose pod it was on. But they said they made a comment and it was like, if I win this league this year, it covers like X amount of years of entries. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like it just like light bulbed. And I know Justin had done this before. And I have and I have my in- and I legit have my entry fees and the winnings listed yeah. on a spreadsheet, but I hadn't thought of it that way at all. Yeah. So then I was like, dude, if I win this league, that's six years of entries for this league that I play. Like, I'm like okay, I'm going in. Why am I worried about a 24 first or a 23 first if I can get the winning kind of deal? So that's how I thought about it too. And like, and I honestly think the only trade in here that isn't going to, that would 
really hurt me is this next one, which was with Justin, where I gave up Dawson Knox and I got Tom Brady because because he could um, he could Tom retire. Could do, yeah, he could retire, but whatever. I needed a freaking quarterback again yeah. in that league to try to beat you, Scott, but it didn't work. So hey, <laughs> another one that didn't fucking work. Uh, Ted Lasso is a league that um, I started this past year with, and I did this with Dogtown. It, we're not co-owners, but he's in there too, and we, we got a bunch of people that we did not play with pretty much anywhere else. I gave up Mechie and I got DJ Shark. I mean, I that's kind of the same thing. Like I'm, why, I got something. I don't yeah. even if I even if no. I mean, that's a win what? in general because you're talking right. about two, two like very low level receivers that are probably right above the threshold, and it's like who gives a shit which one I had? Give me the one that's actually playing this week. And yep. probably will play next year too, right? I mean, oh for sure. So, like so, and then I I, I was laughing earlier because you've mentioned J, uh, Jerry Judy a couple of times and a first and a first, Judy and a first and, for another receiver and I'm yeah, like I and, thought of this trade too. and I was thinking of this trade so I gave up Judy and Tolbert because like who cares about Tolbert right and a 23 first and a 23 second to get CD Lamb last week and I mean he went off he went off CD went off but didn't fucking work because I didn't not like Judy would have helped me anywhere get any closer but it was the 112. It's over and up, but it's going to be the 110. Who cares? Judy and 110 and 210 for, for Lamb, fine, whatever. I'm not going to get that at there. So, And then this one I, I lost in the in the quarterfinals, I guess. So I gave up Kelsey, and I had, I had Kelsey and Mark Andrews in that league. I gave up Kelsey, and I got Goddard in a 23 first. It's going to be a late 23 first, but it's a 1.5 cubic tight end premium. And I still have – so now I've got Goddard teamed with Hertz. And Lamar teamed with Andrews if Lamar nice. comes back, but pretty happy with that. Overall. Well, and I made a similar deal in uh, I made a similar deal in gamers mm-hmm. that I've talked about, where yeah. the, the dude was bugging me every day. Like, what can I get Kelsey for? What can I get Kelsey for? Because he wanted him for the playoffs. I'm I'm the first place team. He's yeah. competing with me in the playoffs, but he bugged me for weeks to give him Kelsey. And when he lost Pitts for the season. Then I turned it around on him and I go, I'll give you Kelsey, but I need your first and pits. He finally caved. He traded me his first and pits for Kelsey and I beat him in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's the kind of move. That's the thing is that's the kind of move where I'm like, you know what? I know what I'm doing. If he beats me in the playoffs with Kelsey, what can I do? You know, no. but that was the kind of move where I actually went the other way when I had the best team and now it's going to pay off. Cause I'm sitting with yeah. this first, I guarantee you knowing this guy in the league in March, he's going to come to me and goes, Hey man, you think you, you want Kelsey, you know, can I get pits? You know what I mean? Like he's going to want to go the other way. Cause there's no, you know, there's no incentive to have the reversal of that trade at that point. But it's it, that, that deal reminds me of the exact same thing, Ruben, except for I was still in it and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take the value and see what happens. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, I, I liked that trade too. And the guy's still in it, so it could be the 112, but whatever. I don't care. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that kind of it leads the way into some of my trades that I did. I, uh, the first one I had was in our uh, Devi League that Ruben commissions, Shark Tank Devi. And I, so I, I earned the 1 1, but how Ruben sets it up, which I liked, is the 1 1. Like the person who earns the one one and the one two get a buy for the toilet bowl for the one thirteen, right? So I got a buy, and I'm like, I'm gonna try and win the one thirteen. I had three, I think three or four firsts for next year. So, but I drafted Stroud in the rookie draft this past year, 
And I'm I'm just like, I have Mahomes, I have Watson, and I have the 101 in this upcoming draft, and I have Caleb Williams um, for next year. So I'm like, I really don't need all these quarterbacks. So I tried to maximize the value, and I'm like, I'm going to get Jonathan Taylor as the hammer in a point-per-carry league for the wah, toilet wah, bowl. Wah. Yeah, exactly. So the good thing it's is a PPC that – league, so like, it makes sense. It I'm, a, I'm still point. in it. I'm still in it. I'm in the – the finals for the 113 so who knows it could work out but this was with me and ruben in hq5 and scott that's that's your old team that i took over um when you left hq5 but i gave and you had deontay and i traded him to ruben and then i traded back for him here just to try and make a run in the playoffs which again that is one that i lost and my team just <laughs> disappointed so um and then uh trade addicts too so I had four firsts in there and a uh, guy offered me, give him DJ Moore and it's a player in the championships first. Um, so it's a 111 or 112 and I got Mark Andrews and I already have Pitts and I have um, Allen and uh, Watson and Lamar at quarterback. So if Lamar stays, he'll be paired up with Andrews. So. And that's a 1.75, isn't it? It is 1.75 point per uh, reception. And then uh, I I think a couple important things about a couple of these trades, though, just before you finish up, Justin, is I'm always most of these deals that you guys made, they're they're also not deals where you got heavily taxed either. Like I can see the logic where you got an asset where you're going, I'm fine with that asset in three or four months. Not all trades are like that. A lot of times, you know, you're making a trade and you're buying something that, that the value is going to go through the floor at, well, yeah. in, two, in two weeks, you know? And yeah, that was, it, that so was if you ex- can pull off, I was acquiring Derrick Henry and Zeke and those kind of guys, yep. right? That's what, yep. what those like if you can buy one. Deontay Johnson for first, Mark Andrews for a first, and DJ Moore, like even the next one you're talking about, like I, I can see the yeah. logic to where you really don't. Can, that's the biggest thing is when I'm trading away players during the fantasy playoffs to people, I'm trying to tax them, you know, yep. or yep. I'm trying to push my roster construction forward. The deals I'm trying to make, like the next one you're going to talk about, those are the deals I'm trying to make where you, I know how you looked at that next deal. You're probably going like, I probably ended up with a pick, maybe even in the same damn tier of what I traded away yeah. and I got a free player, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's exactly what it was offered to me. I, I And I, like I sat there, I'm like, this is this is almost like a free James Connor in my mind. So it was mm-hmm. my 23 first, which, you know, at the, what, the time I made this, I was going into the semis. So I had to win in the semis to get to the championship, but I won. And so it's either the 113 or the 114 because it's a 14 team league. And and he was done. So I knew it was the 206 already. And I got James Connor. So it, that that trade worked out because. Connor smashed again. So I hope he does the same in the championship, but I, I like that deal. That was an easy accept. Yeah. Um, I had to think about it just for a second because I'm like, I'm thinking of like the players. I'm like, this is 14 teams. I'm like, man, that's like, you know, the, the 14th or 20th pick. I'm like, ah, it's easy enough to make that deal. And then I made a couple in hot sauce so I could get back to the championship, which I am this week. And I had cup, um, and he was just, he was on my IR. I didn't want to move him because I figured he'd be valued next year. But then uh, Goat Dynasty was making all these moves and he had digs. And I'm like, well, Cup and digs are equivalent and digs is playing now. Um, so I traded Cup, Knox, and the 24 second, um, which got those leagues are like 24 second. I'm sure you've heard us talk about the big twist. Those could actually be like 26 
first. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and it's going to, that's going to be a high 24 second, but it's two years out and I was trying to win now. So I got Diggs, Waller, um, who I had, and I traded away for three seconds before the season. So, Hey, I, I figured I got my value out of that. And then a third, and then I immediately moved that third to get Minshew. So. And, and honestly, that last trade, it's not like you even got taxed that much. Cause I'd no. much prefer digs to cup. Yep. And you essentially got him in a deal where it's like a one for one, you know, and then I, I don't know if I'd prefer Waller to Knox, but it's close enough to where that's almost it. That, they cancel each other out essentially. And I mean, yeah, you, you basically got taxed slightly on the draft pick, but that's it. Yeah. it just it feels like doesn't it feel like it was really hard this year to make these deals where oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you you get something from somebody and they don't immediately I don't immediately look at Ruben's team and I go, Man, Ruben really is desperate to get this type of deal done. So I'm gonna really bend him over. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't doesn't feel like that felt like those kind of deals were really hard to get this year because people were people are wising up. Well, and yeah. you and I talked about a trade in midseason for we went back and forth like six or seven times once early in the morning on Saturday. And then again, you know, later in the day, but it's just in that particular trade, you were looking at Eckler. Who was it? It was Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs were the two running backs that you were looking to get going into the matchup with Ruben. And I'm like, well, those guys are still going to be valuable next year. So I didn't necessarily want to sell low. And, and, you know, you're just trying to have, good dialogue and that's what i i always try to make comments or do dms with mostly just comments in the you know MFL well you app. you shut me down and you did it appropriately in that i was trying to give you kenneth walker in a second but i wanted yep. two of your running backs right and i'm sitting here going man i, I and i didn't throw this out to you because i know you're you're kind of you're, you're sharper than this but i'd go you know throw that in a trade calculator i bet you the kenneth walker side is is superior you know, yeah, but, but you're looking at it going one to two year window on these running backs. I don't yep, want to give up two for one and I don't want to give you two for one because I know it's going to help you in the playoffs. So you had a little bit of a tax mentality built in there, too. Like, I'm not going to help you. I wouldn't have done it either. I, I yeah. wouldn't have given up. I would have found a way to pay me something extra, which you tried to do. I think you offered me. Uh, Eckler plus for for Walker or Jacobs plus for Walker. Yeah, but, I was trying to do one of them, right? And, right, but you did yeah. not want to give up two. You oh, would have been willing yeah. to give up the small tax my way to pay for the extra youth, but yeah. you weren't doing the two for one. And that's what I was looking to do is like, you know what, fuck next year. But if I can get Jacobs and Eckler, which I'm glad I actually didn't do that. Yeah, right. It worked out. It worked out. It, Damn, I, I wish you would. I was trying to get the two for one special and hope you and you and I, oh, that's also a start thirteen. So it's hard yeah. to give up two for one without getting another starter back. But yeah. yeah, you saw right through it. So you were smart on that regard. Yeah. No, it was fun. Fun discussion though. So I think that wraps up our trades. Yes, that wraps up our trade. So next is our coast to coast uh, roast. Uh, Justin Hayer has one that he talked to, brought up a little yeah. bit earlier. So yeah. what you have at it? Well, if- I, I mean, I, I just like I see it coming before it even happens, right? And it was I I do feel that there are going to be some teams that win the championship that you know maybe were the fifth or sixth seed didn't really have a good year, but they won. Let's not belittle the champion, especially if your team does not score more in the championship week. Like, I, I hate this, like, oh, if this, then that. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? That I, I said it in the hot sauce or HQ chat. It's like, that's that's fantasy. And we just got to live with our decisions, move forward, and not dwell on them because it could change next year. And that's why we play the game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, don't, you know, 
congratulate the champion unless you played against them because then you're going to be pissed kind of deal. I, I, I know Scott Ace, let's stop saying good game because no, I agree. I Someone said good game. No, I lost. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, kind of, and, and, um, so, um, but no, overall, I think have fun with it. Have fun. In, you know, it, there's no reason. Should, exactly. No, should have, could have, would have. Just don't be a jerk. Yep. Don't be a jerk. Well, here's the thing. If I win, you know, mid-season degenerates, like it's not like I'm going to walk around going, oh, I won. I'm not going to remind you guys every day. It's kind of like, oh, cool. I won a championship. I got one, another one in the bag. You know what I mean? You move on to the next year. Like there's a couple leagues we all probably want to win and we will talk shit and we will talk smack if we win. But for the most part, a lot of the leagues we're in together, it's like, oh, cool, Ruben, you won that one. Cool, Justin, you won that one. Cool. You know, we all won a couple, but like, it's not like we're walking around reminding each other, like, Hey man, I'm the champ, you know, like I'm clearly superior to you because we're in, you know, seven leagues together. And it's like, I didn't win every one of them. Yeah, you didn't no. win every one. I mean, yeah. there's not really bragging rights when you're in 50 leagues and you play with, you know, a lot of the same people in half of those, you know, what, what is yeah, there really yeah. to brag about? Like, you know, if I'm a good player or I'm not, but doesn't mean I'm going to win more than 10% of the leagues. I did it. In, I do it in my, I'll brag in my home leagues. Right. Because right. I, Right. Yeah, that's where you do it. I, I mean, I, t- I went the other way in HQ, like in HQ five last year, I was second to last place. So I, somebody changed their name in HQ in the HQ chat to like HQ whatever champion. And I don't remember. It was Larry. Larry. It was Larry. He started it. He did 20, 2019 <laughs> yeah. HQ one champion. Yeah. Which whatever. I mean, you win a 16 team league, go for it. I don't, I, and I don't care if you check. I don't really don't care. So I went the other way and I said HQ five, 13th or 14th place kind yeah. of deal or 13th place so this year i finished in 12th or something like that so i moved up i go i got another 10 years to go and i'm right up there kind of deal <laughs> Man, yep. just for fun kind of deal so i know yeah but home leagues get, have at it gloat freaking, oh, I, but yeah. you know what i i've my home league that i'm in i have not posted anything in the chat this is the one where i'm in the championship and i like should have won this league but haven't i'm like I'm just going oh, radio I don't, silence. I don't, until talk, it's I don't over. talk trash until after. Yeah. Like yeah. I had I, last year I had a guy that was just like trashing me big time in one of my home leagues and just kept talking, talking, and I didn't say a word. And then I smoked him by like 60 points in, in the game. And I knew I was going to beat him. And I just, all I said was, hmm. That's all yeah. I said was, hmm, kind of deal. But yeah. I, if I, if I win, hopefully I win my home, the only championship I win, it'll be three years in a row. And, um, so it'd be good, but um, Scott, let us let everybody know where they can find you, find your some of your work, and um, and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, like the show. Uh, let me know if I can do anything to kind of help you guys share and get get it out there more. Whatever you guys do, a good job. You have a great rapport. So appreciate you guys having me on uh, on Twitter at Charles Chill FFB. Uh, you can find our Patreon with Justin and Ruben are both in. So if you want to get more Justin and Ruben, you can join that. Patreon.com slash Dynasty and Chill. Uh, Trades in 5 on YouTube, which is uh, Dynasty Trades in 5. Just search that or at Trades in 5. Uh, the Twitter handle has all the links to everything we do over there on Twitter. Then Destination Dynasty, that's on the Destination Devi radio feed. Check that out. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I usually kind of pop up in different places. I still write for DLF. I'll be doing some stuff for DLF. I have another project in the work with another company that uh, I'll announce here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you just follow me, pretty much everything I do, I at least retweet and, and share. And then 
God knows how many chats we're in. I mean, I'm in a million group me's and discords and slacks and stuff. So sometimes you'll find me, uh, I just posted in someone else's random discord the other day that I haven't posted in, in like two years. And someone's like, Oh wow, you're in here. I'm like, yeah, I've always been in here. I just, you know, I don't have time to literally come in here and chat it up, but there's all, there's people all, all over the place. So yeah, just find me wherever and uh, you'll find a link to what I do. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on. And um, before we sign off, the Gibson being out news is out. I've got four Brian Robinsons that two of them I have on leagues that I'm going for third place, but I don't care. I'll sell them. What are you selling them for? A second? Honestly, I'd buy him for a second. I think he's he is one of the running backs that it's not sexy, but... I mean, he's playing Cleveland, who's given up 20. Yeah, for, it's for, not only a weekly RB1, play. RB2 weeks. It's not just a weekly play, man. I think he's one of those running backs where you can probably say he's going to have a similar job to what he has this year for the next couple of years. And if you can get that for a second, I mean, Eric and I talk about that on America's Game all the time. Like, if you can get, if you can get a running back that'll give you, what, half a dozen spot starts over the next two, three years for a second, that's not a so, bad proposition. I don't want to blow every second on that, but... Yeah. If I can buy a random Brian Robinson or two, help me win a championship and have that contingent value the next couple of years, I, I think that's worth a second. But I'd take a second if you have four Brian Robinson shares. I wouldn't hate taking a second for one of them. I might try to sell those four and go buy a different four. Yeah. No, it's uh, I love this time of year, and especially like no, that's why no trade deadlines needs to be every league's mantra. It's so much fun. Join my leagues. Yeah, I well, I, I'm in eight of them or seven. <laughs> no, of yeah, them, you're so. not allowed to join anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but uh, but no, and thank you so much, Scott. This was an awesome, awesome time. We've been talking about having you on forever, but no, you're very busy, so we really appreciate it. Glad we could make it work, and uh, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be chatting it up in the group me and uh, following all of your good work. Yes, thank you again, and uh, for the coast for the coast to coast dynasty podcast. I am Ruben Almond at Superflex Egen. I am Justin Mercer at C2C Dynasty Merce. And the podcast is at C2C Dynasty Pod. Thanks and peace out. Peace.